This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. Well, friends, it is truly a joy to be here with all of you as we gather um, to celebrate um, this special day, this day of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things I always think about as we approach the Christmas season is how the church, the early church, ended up picking this time of year and this day to celebrate this occasion. The Bible doesn't give us any reference for Jesus' actual birthday, which means at some point, somebody or some group of people sat down and decided that this would be the best time of year to celebrate this moment in history and in the life of the church. And there are many theories as to to why the early church picked this day. The one that I always find most fascinating is that the early church picked this date and this time of year because it most closely aligned with the winter solstice. The winter solstice is the shortest day of the year and thereby the longest night. It also marks the moment in time where the creeping darkness that has come longer and longer each and every day will now begin to recede as we have more and more time of light during any given day. So you can kind of see where this is going and the reasoning behind this. We have many scriptures that talk about Jesus as the light of the world and that there is darkness in the world, but the darkness can never overcome that light. And so one of the things that I am telling myself and that I am hoping for all of us is that we can be encouraged um, today as we celebrate this beloved story to take a moment and just appreciate that fact that while the darkness might seem to continue to grow, um, there is a moment in time, both literally and figuratively, where the darkness starts to recede and more light begins to creep in. And that's one of the things we celebrate. We celebrate it in reality as the season of the world actually shifts, and we celebrate it within our hearts as we come closer and closer to this Christmas story that the light of Christ might be more fully revealed through us each and every day. Our scripture um, this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Um, This is really the Christmas story in the Gospels. This is the one that we would probably be most familiar with that we've maybe heard time and time again each year um, in services just like these. And I always like to read all 20 verses um, because I believe that, that our goal here this evening is to truly hear these words and remember them and ask what God might be saying to us this evening through them. So hear now the word of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger 
because there was no room, there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the things that always captivates me about this story is how simple the story really is, especially um, the portion that talks about the birth of Jesus. I mean, the birth of Jesus only takes up two verses of the 20 that I just read. And this is in contrast to some other births we've already heard about in the Gospel of Luke that receive these great fanfares and overtures. All we hear about in this passage, especially the first few verses, is that there was this couple, Mary and Joseph. There was a decree from the emperor. Mary and Joseph obeyed the decree. There's, there's no word of like consternation from Mary and Joseph about the 80 to 90 mile track that they now need to make from Nazareth to Bethlehem, possibly mostly on foot. There's no word of that. All it tells us is that there was a decree. Mary and Joseph went when they got there. Mary had to have a baby. There was no room in the inn. They went to a stable. They had the baby, and boom, baby Jesus. Now, I was present at the birth of my children, and it is not that simple in reality. And sure, in the next verses, we hear words of angels in the story, but they're not even coming to Mary. No one goes to Mary and like gives her a pat on the back for what she just did. The angels appear to the shepherds, nowhere near the stable, nowhere near the manger. They're far off in some other place. And in fact, it's not up until we get to the end of our scripture passage in verse 19 where the story itself slows down for just a moment. And we are told that after all of these things had happened, after the shepherds had left, perhaps after Joseph had gone to bed and the animals went back to wherever they were, it says that Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And I believe that that's our task this evening. And really each time we hear this story is to, like Mary, um, to hear these words, to treasure them 
and to ask ourselves, what might God be saying to us through these words today? It's a simple story about people who are just quietly going about the task of being faithful to what God has called them to do, truly with little to no fanfare. And as I've been thinking about that, it reminded me of of another story um, that I'd like to share with you this evening. I need to rewind time a little bit and take you back 200 years. So 200 years on Christmas Eve of 1818, in a small town in Austria, there was a priest by the name of Joseph Moore, okay? And Joseph Moore was the priest of this small, middle-of-nowhere church, and he was readying his church for Christmas Eve services when his buddy, Franz Gruber, showed up to church, got behind the organ, went to play a note, and realized that the organ was broken. Everybody say, oh, man. Oh, man, the organ's broken. They had no idea what to do. And the reality is that it was a dark time in their world. Again, both literally dark and figuratively dark. Now, check this out. A few years earlier, just three years earlier, in 1815, there was this volcano, Mount Tambora, on a Pacific island that erupted. And it threw so much ash into the air that the ash traveled around the globe and affected the yield of crops all over the world. It got so dark in some places that the sunlight could not get through. And many people referred to 1816, the year after this volcano erupted, as the year without a summer. It affected so many crops that even by 1818, when this event happens, there are people who are hungry because there is a famine in the land. The world was literally dark. It was also a dark time for the people because there was war in the world. And the town in which Joseph Moore lived in was split down the middle. And the side that he lived on was the side that really fared worse in the war. Many people lost their jobs, There were many areas of the town that were destroyed. And so people were still picking up the pieces of their lives. And this is the backdrop for this Christmas Eve in which the organ breaks. And all Yosef and his friend Franz want to do is provide music and encouragement to a small group of people who might be in desperate need of it. And so Franz says... I can write a song, but I need some words. So Yosef says, well, I have a guitar upstairs. He runs upstairs and he grabs the guitar. And he says, I also have a poem that I wrote just a few years back. And he grabs the poem as well. And he gives the guitar to his buddy Franz and he takes the poem and he reads it to an empty church. And this is what the poem says. Silent night. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Yosef reads the poem. Franz starts to compose. And within just a few hours, they write what will eventually become 
not only probably the most popular Christmas hymn of all time, but one of the most well-known songs of all time, period. Recorded and performed by so many different artists over so many different um, genres. In fact, the Bing Crosby recording of Silent Night to date is the third highest grossing song ever produced and recorded and sold in the world. There is no way that Josef Moore and Franz Gruber from middle of nowhere Austria could have known what they had done in that moment. All they wanted to do was provide a little bit of encouragement to a group of people who desperately needed it. They were two people who were quietly going about the task of being faithful in their world. Now, I want to share with you an excerpt from a commentary that I read in, um, in preparation for this evening and this sermon because I felt like it just summed up so well what I believe this scripture was challenging in me and what I hope it challenges in each of you this evening as well. It says, There may be a time and there may be a hunger in the world for a community of disciples who quietly go about being faithful. These are the communities who show up with casseroles when a loved one dies. These are the communities where children are raised to know the stories of Jesus, lead God's people in worship, and go into the world to look for God's mission. These are the communities who show acts of mercy each day without recognition on the nightly news or in the local paper. These are communities where people call each other brother and sister, not because it is a religious title, but because they have become a family of faith who struggle and study and worship and grieve and rejoice together. There is a place for these ordinary communities that quietly birth God's will into the world each day. Communities made up of Marys and Josephs who obediently and without fanfare enact the world changing will of God. Our invitation this evening is not just to read the story, but to understand that we get to be part of the story. We get to be part of enacting and birthing into the world the world-changing will and spirit of God each and every day of our lives. This story is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be reminded that there is always hope, that darkness can never fully drown out the light, and that the brightest of light can be found in the most unexpected of places and through the most unexpected of people. A poor carpenter and a young girl an obscure priest and musician from a middle-of-nowhere town, and you, and each one of you, have an invitation to not just celebrate Christmas today, but to be an inbreaking of Christmas each and every day that you exist in this world. The difference is 
that rather than being born in a manger, in a stable, the Spirit of Jesus is born in each of you each and every day because God loves us so much that he sent his son and continues to send his son for us through you. My prayer is that we remember this, that we are challenged, that we are encouraged. And to that I say, Merry Christmas. Amen.